Hi, this is your host, Michelle. And I'm Bella. And you're listening to AdLib. Against all odds, Katniss Everdeen has survived the Hunger Games twice. But now that she's made it out of the bloody arena alive, she's still not safe. The Capitol is angry. The Capitol wants revenge. Who do they think should pay for this unrest? Katniss. And what's worse, President Snow has made it clear that no one else is safe either. Not Katniss's family, not her friends, not the people of District 12. Dun dun. And that is Mocking Jay. I can't believe we've made it. We're at the end. I know. Of our Hunger Games. Me too. It's been so fun going back to these books. Yeah. And the movies. I I forgot how much I love them. They're just so good. Um, and this has been a really nice excuse to reread them and talk about them. I know. Um, so we're gonna be talking about two movies in this episode, technically, I guess. Yeah. Because there is a part one and a part two, which I think was a smart decision. I think so too, actually. I think it worked out. When they first like announced it that they were gonna do it like that, I was like, why? Yeah. (laughs) It's already in one book and it's a it's like the same length as the other books. Why split it up, you know? Right. But it makes sense. And I'm I'm happy they did that because they yeah. were able to include like a lot of things that they would have had to cut out otherwise. I think it was like a very and it like it made sense too. like the way that the first part ended is like a very logical, you know. I guess not, maybe I really I guess I don't even think it was a midpoint in the book, but it felt no. like <laughs> almost like it felt like a, a shift happened right at the beginning of part two. So I think it was done like I was done well. Um, and I remember thinking the same thing too. I remember being like, it's not that long. Like, <laughs> why are they doing this to me? I remember being like, they just want to make more money off these movies. Like, I remember yep. being annoyed. Yep. I was like, now I have to wait like another what three years to watch the end of the book. I was like, come on. But um, no, I think it was definitely necessary because i mean i guess plot wise not a ton more happens than in the uh the first two books Mm -hmm. but like you said i think they were they needed to extend the time just for like the small details yeah i mean even so i feel like there's still like a lot that they couldn't include just because of like rating things yeah um which mm, (laughs) I feel like I've mixed feelings about that um this book is so I know it's like targeted at okay I don't know we were talking about this before I don't know if it's middle grade or young adult I think this one's definitely more young adult yeah I think no yeah we talked about that yeah <laughs> I found it in the young adult section so I don't know I'm actually maybe maybe like it started out as like middle grade and then they were like "Ooh, right so I'm <laughs> why actually... are they reading this <laughs> yeah I'm on uh the story graph now and Mockingjay under genre is labeled as young adult mm-hmm. 
the Hunger Games, let's check that one. I'm just curious to see if, maybe you're right. Maybe the rating did change. Okay, this one is still young adult. So maybe we just were reading this at way too young of an age. Because <laughs> I was definitely we not a young not, adult. We were not young adults. Um, but yeah, this one's significantly uh, darker and a lot more. It's way more like emotionally heavy. Yes. I definitely think. And just like gory. Yeah, very graphic. Um, but I think. I think this also the style that she wrote this book in, like compared to the Hunger Games is, I mean, it's obviously a lot more mature and she writes like from Katniss's perspective. And I think because Katniss is, I mean, she's been through so much that I think she's like emotionally like switched off. Mm -hmm. The book reads like everything is so blunt which I think was a smart decision, honestly, because of how mature the content is. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like, she literally just presents it to the reader and it's like, okay. I think there's multiple times in the book where Katniss is like, here's what happened. Or like, I'm going to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a very like logical, chronological way of telling the story. Yeah, there was this, I don't know if you remember, I sent you like a Tumblr post. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, that articulates exactly what you're trying to say right now. We're going back into the archives. <laughs> 2014 history. No, really. It's a- September 4th. <laughs> oh, my God. Back in the day. Um, it says the Hunger Games films tore out the books, tore out the book's teeth. Like it does the series such a disservice when it stands for nothing, says nothing, passes no judgment. Katniss speaks plainly in the books about what she thinks of the Capitol of what they would do to her and her family in the districts, of the different worlds she witnesses as she straddled between 12 and the Capitol. She calls it barbaric. She calls it disgusting and wrong and horrifying over and over. And the films were like, how do we market this um, teen romance? And I think that just sums it up, I think. It's so true. Um, but I will say, like... They, I mean, they do. They did really still market these two as like love triangle. Yeah, they definitely pushed that agenda. They did. Um, I mean, even like their promo pictures. Um, it was Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Josh Hutcherson, and Liam Hemsworth. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. The the pictures they're like all lying together and like hugging yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I don't think that's what this um series is about, but. It um yeah. And I don't know who like I feel like honestly that's just the people who market it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who like I don't know how that works. Like I don't know who puts out I guess it's like the marketing team. Yeah. Like advertising teams, things like that. Public relations. <laughs> sure. I don't know anything about that. But um But it's like if they know what the story's about, then like why would why? <laughs> Why would they target it like that? Or Honestly, like that? I feel like I tried to talk about this in the first episode and it just turned out as complete word vomit. But like, I feel like the way that they advertise this series is so meta because it's like almost the way that the capital advertises 
like Katniss and Peta when they first step into like that sphere. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you make it more palatable. You make it something that everybody's going to like a love triangle or a relationship or forbidden love or something like that. Not like murder. Yeah. And dead children I- and like genocide. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know just giving them too much credit. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's intentional. Um, but I just think it's interesting to see the way that the world works. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're kind of doing that right now too, with the, the prequel. If mm, you've seen the, I noticed the, that the stills and stuff. I did notice that. And like, there's been a lot of backlash surrounding that because it's the same thing. Like they're marketing it as like a romance when it's definitely not, not a romance. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, it is kind of one of those things where it's like, you read about it and you're like, oh, like, how could these people like, these people are, there's all this stuff happening. These people are focused on the romance. And then I go on Twitter and like, you see those promo pics and everybody's like, oh my gosh new ship and I'm like "Ooh, we don't we don't we don't ship them I'm like this is kind of scary I'm like we're looking too much like this fictional world you guys yeah um that's kind of crazy it is kind of scary to think about considering how how scary and right heavy this series is right it um I guess it goes to show that like even in the cap in our world and the capital love is always more palatable and so that's that's what sells is like a love story even if it's totally not even remotely close to a love story like this book yeah (laughs) because um there's not much love in this book that's for sure yeah I mean that's something I noticed when I was reading it too like there's some parts or uh, like a few moments where it's like Peta and Gail talking to each other. And it's mm-hmm. like, who do you think Katniss will choose? And I'm like, that's so out of place within the context of like what's happening right now. And they're like, I don't know. She'll choose whoever she can't survive without. And like, you totally won her over. She's never kissed me like that. Like, Guys, you're literally hiding out in a cellar right now because people are trying to kill you. Now's not the time. It's giving eclipse tent scene between Edward and Jacob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the that part in the movie, like I always do kind of like eh. it's so out of place. It's so like you can tell they just put it there for the love triangle. Yeah, I mean, and it also happens in the book, and I still feel like it seems out of place even in the book, too. Yeah. It's like she's she's like, oh, shit, I forgot. I, like, did a whole thing with, like, these three. Maybe yeah. I should, like, sprinkle something in. Um, And it doesn't let la- the love triangle does not last long. Um, But uh, we'll get there, I guess. Yeah. Why that? <laughs> that triangle becomes... I guess At this point, was it ever like really it really a was never a triangle? No, I but don't I think, think so. I think like, like we said, everybody loves a love triangle. Like that's something that's gonna sell to like a wide audience. And so I think from like a marketing standpoint, 
but no. It was never there. It was never there. There was no hope for Gail. Not at all. Sorry. Um, Man, I was literally, I was so annoyed. They kissed so much in this movie, and I'm like, I know. I want to poke my eyes out. And like, even Gail in the book was like so unbearable. No, really. Even before he messes everything up, like he was so unbearable. Every two seconds, he's like, I like only like want to protect your family, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't actually love me. Like when you kiss me, it's like it's like kissing a drunk person. You never know where your head's at, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's bigger things going on. Get a grip. Seriously. I I really just wanted her to like scream at him in this book. No, really. Because I feel like he's so out of touch with everything that's going on. And he's so obsessed with her liking him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this girl does not show, know how to show one emotion at this point. Like, like she's so messed up at this point. Like, right. Give her a break. She doesn't need this on top of everything that's right. going on. I mean, her and all the other victors, like, right. They're all like emotionally completely stunted. They all have like huge signs of PTSD. Like everybody's going through it. And Gail's like, you don't love me. Yeah. And then I would kill him. I wanted to punch him so bad. No, the part where he comes back from visiting PETA while he's like, um, he's still like hijacked and stuff. And he's like, um, talking to Ken, he's like, I thought something selfish. I was like, I'm never gonna have a chance with you. Oh my he's god, never I gonna hate get better. That far. I'm like, dear Lord, please, <laughs> like, stick Gail in the arena, please, somebody. No, and then he says he has the audacity to say, I should have gone into the games. Like, yeah, you should have. Bye, girl. What? He's you, just like, he's just trying to play like the oppression Olympics at this point. Like, I know. He's like, oh man, I should have had some trauma so like we could bond over it. <laughs> You're kidding. It's like, I'll never have that trauma. <laughs> never be bonded like that. He's so annoying. Like, I really like, I wanted him to stick him in the arena and then have him win and then stick him back in the arena and then make him be manipulated and then make him lose the love of his life. Like, I needed all that to happen to him just so like he could stop complaining because like the amount of time spent on like developing the plot and the amount of time that gail complained i think were equal in this book i can't stand him for real why was he complaining every five pages be fucking for real about the most shallow stuff anyway i can't let's move on because i (laughs) I could literally I, rant about him for the no, entire hour. So bonus episode on Gail Hawthorne. <laughs> Fifty reasons why Gail Hawthorne is the absolute worst. The worst. Um. Yeah. Let's cut it off here because we're gonna get to even more Gail slander once we get to the end right. of this episode. I'm excited. Okay. Oh yeah. Um. But anyway, I think we should <laughs> pick up at the beginning. Yeah. Um, good idea. How about? We start with um, <laughs> my brain is going like a mile a minute. <laughs> Are you all right? I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, well, why don't we talk about and the capital? Yes, that's what I wanted to get out. <laughs> okay, good idea. Um, I feel like yeah. So I feel like 
thir- book 13 and movie 13 were one of the points that I thought like deviated the most. Mm-hmm. Um, book 13 felt a lot more like like prison mm-hmm. because not that it was, but it like movie 13 just like if I didn't read the books, I would have been like, oh, like they're just chilling. Right. There's no like food shortage. There's no like mandatory this mandatory that like it just kind of looked like they could do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, something I noticed that that like really. um, Wow. Brain farts all around. <laughs> something that they missed out on was the tattooed schedules. Yeah, um, they didn't include that in the movie. And I think that was, like, a huge part of, like, showing how, like, strict and regimented 13 was. Yeah. I know, and especially for Katniss, like, I know she draws a comparison between 13, 13 in the capital, really, in the, like, very beginning of the book, when she starts, like, everything starts getting explained to her, like, all her duties now is Mockingjay. She has to, like, film these propos, and she has to make these speeches, and she has to go to training and do this and do this and that and to her like she equated it a lot to like getting ready for propos as like mm-hmm. getting ready for interviews and getting ready for you know she's go to these training shot like training sessions to prepare for the hunger games and now she's training to prepare for, the war. Like, this war yeah so like she equates it a lot to that and i know there's a line in the beginning of the book which kind of like sums it up pretty well i think um and so yeah even from the beginning we get this kind of like bad taste in our mouth about uh 13 yeah here it is it says they have a whole team of people to make me over dress me write my speeches orchestrate my appearances as if that doesn't sound horribly familiar and all i have to do is play my part so immediately that's like page 11 i think so immediately we're oriented as like this is going to be very similar. Yeah, this is probably not a good situation. No. No. Um, Even... You go. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I don't even... I don't think we get that, like... um, That kind of bad feeling in the movie. Yeah, no. I thought... I mean, if I hadn't read the book, I'd be like, oh, yeah, she's safe. She's, you know... She's just chilling. Right. Right. Yeah. Moved. Everybody in the book knows that this is not this is not any safer than 12. <clears throat> or the capital. Yeah. I was just gonna add in that even like coin is like described to be like very, you know. Mm. Let's let's talk about coin for a minute. Yeah. Um she gave me the creeps from the minute. That she was introduced. Mm-hmm. I personally imagined her as a platinum blonde, platinum blonde Chris Jenner. Don't ask why. I said she, I thought she looked like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Needless to say, to we say were that. off. I don't know why, because uh, Coin in the movie, I think, fits her description very well in the book. Yeah, she's like... There's a very specific description for her. And like, yeah. I don't know why we strayed from that. 
but it's like, like scary too it's the vibes yeah that's true um she's described to be like almost like scarily uniform and yeah. perfect and manicured i, I do it- i have the quote for you, you have it okay awesome um so it says alma coin the president of 13 who just watches she's 50 or so with gray hair that falls in an unbroken sheet to her shoulders i'm somewhat fascinated by her hair it's since it's so uniform so without a flaw a wisp or even a split end her eyes are gray but not the same but not like those of the people from the seam they're very pale almost as if the color has been sucked out of them the color of slush that you wish would just melt away like already i'm like "Mm." also snaps for suzanne what a description yeah ugh so evocative but like scary this whole book is scary my god i know she almost like she's described like a robot Mm -hmm. and her journey which i guess isn't really much of a journey but i guess the more and more that gets revealed about her i feel like that that vibe that we get in the beginning it's like we kind of understand why because in the beginning, it's like, well, you know, Katniss doesn't really like her, but who does Katniss like? Yeah. Buddy. So it's like, that doesn't really tell us anything. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like this vibe was planted from the beginning of like, something's off. Like, it's too perfect. Mm-hmm. And then obviously. We were right. You know, intuition was there. Um. Which is interesting because we talked a lot about um, how appearance functions in these books. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, Suzanne Collins's attention to appearance rings true in like Coin's physical description. Definitely. So, even though appearance, I feel like appearance, I don't know. Definitely, like, style isn't a big thing in this book. Kind of. Not as I much mean, as the, la- the first two. Right. The only, like, style aspect, I think, was just her, like, mocking J suit. Right. Everything's but, very practical in this book. Yeah, they're, like, in, they're, like, in gray jumpsuits the whole time. And, like, that's pretty much it. Right. And the, I think it. Yeah. I mean, which clearly, obviously, like, mirrors the fact that they're at war and stuff like that. But I think it's, like, it's, like, small descriptors like that where it's, like, she's almost too perfect. It leaves that impression from the very beginning. Um, which I didn't question the first time I read it because I was 12. <laughs> right. And should not have been reading this book. I truly, when I was 12, I was just, I just read it and then that was it. I said, okay, cool. There was no critical thinking involved. No, I said, next. Um, so I guess, I mean, going off of that, of like this whole connection between like 13 in the capital and 13 in the other districts is in the movie. Like we had said, it felt like just kind of this place where you're like, oh, okay, they're hanging out here. Like this is better than 12. Like. Yeah, like they're getting fed. Yeah, like they have places to sleep and like whatever. But in the books, there's, I mean, 
Katniss kind of is always aware of the fact that she's not really safe. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it like she still has these fears of her safety, but then like also her family and like Peta and Gail and everybody else's safety, like even though she's in this supposed safe place, like that's a really big part of the book. Yeah, even to the point where like she had to make it like a condition that coin like publicly announces that she was going to pardon her friends, the victors, even though they're like saying all this stuff against the rebels, but like they're literally being tortured. Right. Like they don't really have any control over that. Right. And she's like, no, they're traitors, but like, fine. (laughs) Right. It's like. Because I think even there are like multiple points where coin tries to like have Katniss warm up to her and she's like you know this like we're on your side like you're safe here like this is this is a good thing and Katniss is always like Mm -hmm. like that survival instinct in her is still really strong and um she was right she was right for that one just bad vibes all around yeah um there's also I feel like this whole book is like comparisons between 13 and the capital. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like a huge point of like the overall reason why Suzanne wrote it. Like yeah. Just like that unsettling like I don't know how to explain it. It is really unsettling. Like if that if I could pick one word to describe this book, it would be like unsettling. Yeah. Or like unnerving. In all aspects even just like I know there's a huge theme of like media in this book Mm -hmm. through like the propos and like that's the only way they communicate with the capital is through these I guess they're broadcasts almost yeah and I think even like I know in the book when I think when they're in the capital and they're in that one like really nice apartment it's almost like that uh snow's broadcast comes on and it's like mandatory viewing mm-hmm. like it turns it turns the tv on even when it's not on so it's all this stuff like the back and forth between 13 and the capital is very publicized mm-hmm. i don't know if it's publicized in any other districts but i know like definitely in the capital which is interesting because the only way they communicate is like through through these broadcasts and through these problems and stuff like that yeah there was the one scene that was like super impressive to me where it's like that ongoing media battle between Beatty and mm. Snow where it's like Peta's doing his last interview I think yeah it's when when the rebels went in to like rescue him yes the other that part gives me so much anxiety I yeah. can't um that, which that we actually that reminds I think we're thinking, I think we're gonna say the same thing. Okay, you go. Uh, wasn't in the book. Yeah. 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 I actually liked that in the movie. I wish we saw that in the book. But I I do I think- understand why we didn't because it's like because we're limited from Katniss's perspective. Right. Um, but I loved that scene in the movie. I thought it was so well done of them like going in and getting PETA, and then it's like we see the shots of like Phoenix broadcast and then we see the shots of snows and 
I think in the movie, like Katniss even jumps in where I don't think she does in the books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she's like. Um, Finnick cuts out or something and then snow comes on and he's like telling the rebels that like, oh, I know where your friends are. Like, I know they're here. Like, I kind of planned this. Right. And Katniss is like, no, put me on, put me on. Like, I need to talk to them. And like, I need to say my friends, blah, blah, blah. Because I think in the books too, like, weren't they like pre-recorded clips that they did? I don't think it was this whole like live battle for like to grab the Capitol's attention. Yeah, they were all pre-recorded and like, it was the scene I think where PETA was live and um, they kind of, they see, or Katniss sees him getting like beat up Mm. and like she sees the the blood on the floor and stuff yeah. and she's with Finnick and um she then she gets mad at Gail and stuff for not not telling her about the the interview stuff or am I thinking of a completely different I think I know what you're thinking about I think you're thinking about I think they're different but it's because like so I think Peta's last interview is when he lets it slip that the Capitol's gonna oh, bomb, bomb 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which also in the book, like, I think it's described that, like, and he's very specific about it in the book. Like, in the movie, I think he just says, like, everybody's gonna be dead by tomorrow, and then it cuts mm-hmm. out. And in the book, he's, he, like, says to them, like, they're going to bomb 13, like, get everybody, you know, to safety, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it's described that the video doesn't cut out immediately. Mm-hmm. where you can kind of see like the camera falls over and then you can kind of hear commotion and you see like blood and yeah and she assumes this, it's Peta's right and that freaks her out and then she's like we need to get him out like now yeah because even okay. like every interview he does like physically he's deteriorating like she describes him as looking really thin and like like the life was sucked out of him and I think that a really good job in the movie yes Oh um, my portraying God. him like that. I, I felt so bad for I him. I know. I know. Seeing Josh Hutcherson like that, I was like, that's my baby. No, for real. Um, yeah. And I think that that's the last interview that he does. And then they they break him out. Which I kind of I liked that they incorporated again that like whole battle between them and then also like shots of the rebel teams like going in to rescue them because in the book love that part in the movie in the book they it was just Hamish telling her telling Katniss that like oh yeah they already sent a team out right back soon that's her just waiting which obviously would have been a very boring scene to include in the movie so I'm glad that they took that creative liberty Um, yeah it's it's fun not having or not being limited just to Katniss's point of view at some points and I think um I think Honestly, the slight change of taking it from like pre-recorded clips to making it this like live broadcast as they're going in, I just think was such a good decision because like we're getting, we're seeing it all happen and we're seeing Finnick obviously speaking live and then Caddish jumps in live. It's like the tension is like, oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like anything could happen. They're live. They're going back and like back and forth with each other live. I think if they stuck with the pre-recorded clips as there was like these like tension filled scenes of them trying to sneak into the Capitol and like sneak into the mansion. I think it kind of would have like fizzed out a bit. Mm -hmm. 
I think the way that they did that whole part in the movie was just like really good. So good. Like that's one of my favorite parts in both part one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely knew how to make it dramatic in these two movies. Yeah. The drama was there. The drama was brought and I'm, I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Um, what are the other like overarching themes? I guess this is kind of going into like more the series as a whole, mm-hmm. but obviously in this book, just the idea of history repeating itself with like how similar Coin's character ends up being to Snow. Yeah. Similar and different. I feel like they're very different, but they're both driven by power in the end. Right. She's just another power hungry person looking to like have control over everything right. else. Right. But like I feel like she's more aimed to like have retribution against mm-hmm. the capital. Whereas Snow is just like, I'm just gonna kill everybody in the districts to right. keep my power. And I think Snow is very I mean, he says it himself. He's like, he, he, he always says like, I'm not wasteful. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I do things for a reason. And I feel like, I mean, I think he even says at the end, he's like, when, you know, the thing happens at the end mm-hmm. and Katniss confronts him and he said, well, I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm, I wouldn't waste all that human life. Unless it's like suited to something else. Right. Because I don't think any of that was being broadcasted. Mm-mm. I think it cut out. And so for him, like, what's the, like, what's the point? Nobody's going to see it. Like, it's not going to send any message. Like, he knew he lost in the end. And Coin is just like, I feel like she's not as strategic. And she's more, she just wants, obviously just wants control and power. She just wants it now. Right. Whereas Snow is like, I'm going to play the long game. Right. Um, can we just talk about the scene where uh, Katniss does the biggest fake out in history? Yes, we can. Because my jaw dropped at that part. I know. I, I totally didn't see it coming. I didn't either. It's and of so course, crazy. Like, yeah, like 12-year-old me. I was like, what? Why would she do that? Like, not understanding the parallel at all, not getting it. I was like, wait, but wasn't she the good one? Weren't we fighting for her literally the whole time? Um, And even just the way that, like, like we had said, like, how blunt this book is and just, like, you can tell how just emotion, I guess emotionally stunted Katniss is. Um... Do you have the quote or do you want me to read it? I believe I have it. I did just have it. I do have it. Okay. So it's at this point, uh, you know, the capital's been defeated. Snow's set to be executed. Snow's also like half dead. <laughs> like he's been, I, it's really like grotesque in the book. It's, I think it, even at this point, I can probably find it on the page before says yeah he coughs and a bloody dribble runs down his chin 
so he's I mean this whole book he's been really dying he knows it's the end and it's supposed to be this big like public execution mm-hmm. and uh Katniss is looking at snow and she says I search his eyes for the slightest sign of anything fear remorse anger but there's only the same look of amusement that ended our last conversation it's as if he's speaking the words again oh my dear Miss Everdeen I thought we had agreed not to lie to each other he's right we did the point of my arrow shifts upward I release the string and President Coyne collapses over the side of the balcony and plunges to the ground dead it's just like snaps for that one. It's also such snaps a... to Donald Sutherland because he Rent. really makes literally the entire series, I think. Rent was due for that man. And he delivered. He's such a good snow. Yeah. Like, I can't picture anybody else being like the perfect snow. He's just snow is such a like intricate character. Like, I feel like there's so many layers to him. And I feel like Donald Donald Sutherland or Sutherland? I always say his name wrong. Sutherland. Sutherland. He just gets it. Like, oh, he just gets it. I love it. Um, And even just like in the movie when that scene happens and Katniss shoots coin and just like snows like he's like bleeding and whatever and he knows he's like about to die and he's just like cackling I'm like that scene is so good and then like everybody from the districts like goes up to like kill him yeah themselves like that whole scene is really symbolic I mean it's definitely even more symbolic in the books because of the whole like one arrow in the sheath thing Mm -hmm. it's like supposed to be like the arrow to end the war and she ends it not by killing snow but killing coin and then you know everybody in the capital it ends up being the capital who kills snow not even canis mm-hmm. which i think is interesting it's almost like his people turning on him as they should which yeah it's his people turning on him and then her people turning on her you know with canis killing coin canis was supposed to be on coin side and the capital was supposed to be on snow side so it shows like in the end like it doesn't even matter like anybody's gonna do anything. It's crazy. Um, there's also a really good quote when Snow is talking to Katniss before in the, he's supposed to be executed in the greenhouse. Yeah. Do you want to read that one? Do you have that one? I do have that one. It's okay. in our notes. <laughs> Perfect. Because I think Such this one quote. sums up. It sums up their relationship really well, <clears> and then it kind of like. This is the moment of realization for Katniss. This is what made her decide to shoot coin instead, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so it says, my failure, says Snow, was being so slow to grasp coin's plan to let the capital and the districts destroy one another and then step in to take power with, with 13 barely scratched. Make no mistake, she was intending to take my place right from the beginning. I shouldn't be surprised. After all, it was 13 that started the rebellion that led to the Dark Days and then abandoned the rest of the districts when the tide turned against it. But I wasn't watching Coin. I was watching you, Mockingjay. And you were watching me. I'm afraid we both have been played for fools. The last line. I know. The chills. I know. 
You know I, it's bad when Snow and Katniss agree are on the same side. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's bad. And I think this part is so interesting because like I feel like from here on it almost strips away like this facade that we've had for so long around like the capital and snow and he has all this power and it's like at this point he's so human it's like you can tell he doesn't have any power at all yeah, he never like, had power it's he had the, the one illusion. point where you were like wow he's like actually a real person right he never had this power it was just this it was just the fear that was like creating this illusion of power and if nobody's afraid anymore of him What's he got? Not nothing. Nothing. Um, that's just so good. I think that's one of my favorite lines in that book. I will have to agree. And then besides, also the end. I know. I was gonna say besides the ending, <sighs> that that um, it's such a good moment, and it's like I think it was so necessary for his character mm-hmm. to like humanize him right at the end. Even for both of them. Yeah. For both Katniss and Snow. Yeah. Um, I think if they I think if she didn't include lines like this and like didn't really she didn't if she didn't flip the script and have her assassinate Coin instead of Snow, I think his character would have been wasted. Mm-hmm. Honestly. He would have been like way too one-dimensional. A disservice to the character. Right. And I I hate one-dimensional villains. Like, yeah, hate them. So I'm so happy that she like she humanized him because I think obviously it sends a bigger message, but it also ties to his character really nicely. So, claps to Suzanne once again. Truly, snaps for the entire book. Hey, it's queen. gold, girl. You've done it again, girl. You have done it again. Um. It definitely I, makes me want to read that, um, the new prequel that came out. Yeah, have you read it yet? I haven't. Hmm. I read it when it first came out two years ago, maybe. I don't even know when it first came out. I just know everybody was like super excited because it was like a new installment. Right. And I feel like I need to go back and reread. <laughs> Especially since a movie's coming out. I know. That is exciting. Um, I don't know when that's going to come out. I don't know either, but um, I'm not telling you. I thought it was an interesting choice for her to do a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would kill to get a even just the shorts, like a collection of short stories from Hamish's games. Yes, that's all I'm saying. That would be so cool. It doesn't even have to be a novel. Because, like, we know a lot already from Catching Fire when, Mm -hmm. like, Katniss and Peter watch the tapes of his games. Mm -hmm. But, like, I need a a short story collection. I need, like, I need something. Because we know, we know a lot of the people he was in the arena with. Like, we heard about them already. Like, we kind of, like, we know his demeanor. Like, something like that or even, like, phoenix original games or you know joanna's original games yeah like if she did just a collection of of like the victor's stories i would buy that so fast 
Yep. So I think it's interesting that like she left all these plot lines open and she did a prequel. Yeah. Cause there's like a lot of talk, even with like Hamish and Joanna, that they're they're like, whoa, they have like no friends and family left. And it's like, we don't know anything about them. I want to learn about them. Like I want to know, I want to know about them pre-games. And I want to know about like, yeah, their original game. Or I guess Joanna's original game. Because Hamish never went back. So Hamish's game. The one game. The one game. But like it was still like a huge game though, because it was one of the quarter quells. Yeah. And there was 48 tributes instead of 24. Yeah. And the way that he won is I always think it's so interesting. He basically just like outsmarted everybody. Um so I do have to reread the prequel though. And um we're definitely gonna do an episode on that when when it comes comes out. Which is exciting. Excited. Um, do we want to? I guess it's probably only right that we wrap this up with the ending of Mockingjay. Yes. Because holy moly, what did you think about the ending? Girl. First of all, are we talking about like the chapter ending or the epilogue? I think we should talk about both. Okay. <laughs> chapter ending. Chapter ending. Let me open my book back up, please. Um, can you say emotional damage? Yeah. Because those last few lines, or I guess that last paragraph really, is just like so satisfying for us Gale haters. Oh, yeah. Out there in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's so beautifully written. It's just like makes you want to sob. Um, I found it. It's just that I think it's the perfect way to end this book, honestly. Mm-hmm. This would, and the epilogue ending. Would you like to read that last paragraph? Surely. I'll read it. Okay. It says, Peter and I grow back together. There are still moments when he clutches the back of a chair and hangs on until the flashbacks are over. I wake screaming from nightmares of mutts and lost children, but his arms are there to comfort me and eventually his lips. On the night I feel that thing again, the hunger that overtook me on the beach, I know this would have happened anyway. That what I need to survive is not Gale's fire, kindled with rage and hatred. I have plenty of fire myself. What I need is the dandelion in the spring. The bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction. The promise that life can go on no matter how bad our losses. That it can be good again. And only PETA can give me that. So after when he whispers, you love me, real or not real, I tell him, real. Real? Stop it right now. I literally am tearing up. (laughs) It's just like so perfect. And I think it's like such a like it's such a good way to obviously cement Peter's character, Mm -hmm. but also just like like I'm just so happy for her at the end of this book. She yeah, she's finally getting all the peace and love she deserves. Can somebody say peace by Taylor Swift? Because (laughs) that is their song. Stop and right 
Yeah. And so like, I, I just, I, it's just like with a book with so much like horrendous stuff that happens in it. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I feel like you read that and you're like, okay, like, thank God it's over. Like it's going to get better after this. And, um, and then we get that little epilogue scene, which is so sweet. They have two kids. It's just like so sweet. And I love it in the movie. Like, did you know that they used, um, Jennifer Lawrence's nephews for that scene? No, I didn't know that. And that's why the baby's like, like looking up at her and like, apparently she she was telling a story about how like Josh Hutcherson was like really good with her other nephew mm-hmm. and like that her nephew like loves him. Oh, I did not know that. I love that. I though. recently read that and I was like, that's so sweet. I love that, though. Um, I I love the epilogue scene in the movie. It's just like, what a way to end the movie. Um, and yeah. I love that they kept that last line in. Yeah. In the book. Which there is, are much worse games to play. Come on. What a line. If I wrote that line, I'd never shut up. <laughs> if like, I wrote this series, I would never shut up. What a way to end a trilogy. This is I, truly, I think, the only series I've ever seen where, like, every single book is so good. Yes. Like, none of them suffer from, like, oh, only the first book was, like, good. Yeah. It's so cohesive. It's so good. Everything is just, like, these books, like, they're, like, they're almost perfection. Yeah. Dare I say. Like, they're close to perfection in my eyes. And I'm so happy that I read these when I did. Yeah. And I'm happy that they still stood to the test of time. That's how you know. Yeah. Um, Reading it again. And I'm happy. I'm happy that I still walk into bookstores and see them on the shelves. And I see people buy them. Yeah. And I feel like these books honestly are going to last a while. Like these books are going to stand the test of time. I was telling Bella before, like, I think that they should remake the movies. And make it geared more towards um, our age, or I guess the age that like first started reading the series. The more you say that, the more I'm intrigued. Because I'm like, yeah, the movies were good. I think they were overall like good adaptations. Mm-hmm. But I think we could get like way more out of it if they were more like book accurate. I agree. Or like at least just at the rating that they're supposed to be. Right. Because there's a lot of like, they're all very emotionally heavy books. And like, we lose a lot of that in the movie because they had to water it down, tone it down for like younger audiences. Right. Um, I agree. I think it would be interesting if, I mean, if the movies were rated accurately to the books. Because I think I think they could explore a lot more of the darker themes in the books and they could flesh out a lot more scenes that they kind of had to, like, like you said, water down in the movies. So because um, a I, lot of what the I think it could be interesting the plots in the books are, especially in like the last two, it's like they're supposed to mirror like things that happen in our world today mm-hmm. and like how 
barbaric and like awful they are and like how it affects you know the youth and the citizens of a country blah blah, blah. and like I feel like we, we could just get more out of it like if we <laughs> make it more accurate I think I agree it would definitely be interesting and honestly I can't like if these books do stand the test of time, which I think they will, I can see a remake happening in so do I. 20, 30 years. I honestly can. Um, because I feel like these books really are so timeless. You know? Shit, governments exist all the time, so. They will always be timeless. And everybody everybody loves a good, like, dystopian cautionary tale. Right. Take the, take the giver. Right. Come on. That book has stood the test of time forever. And it's timeless. And they're, I mean, a lot of the premises are very similar. So I, I could see this lasting for sure. Um. Have we reached the end? I'm so sad. I don't know. I only have one last note. Go for it. Um, I know we talked about um throughout the episode um about the growth of immaturity mm-hmm. um from the first installment up until Mockingjay. Um, something that I noticed was like a huge theme in the book was mental health. Mm-hmm. And how, like, <clears throat> sorry, um, Katniss very obviously, like, suffers from PTSD. Yeah. And, like, constantly shows that throughout, like, her nightmares and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, we barely get to see that in the movie. Yeah. I think, and I think that has a lot to do with what you were saying about things. Well, I think also, I think it maybe is has to do with I think maybe things getting watered down a bit mm-hmm. um but I think also like for time's sake like I feel like in movies if you show something once that's enough that's enough whereas Just in crazy. books it's you show it five times it becomes a motif and then it and then it's enough yeah then it's like a part of the character and I think it's interesting like how books function so different than movies like that but I I agree I would have liked to see that aspect of Katniss and really of a lot of the victors of Joanna's uh her mental health is really a big part of this book Peta's also Peta's Finnick huge oh yeah Finnick like he was supposed to be broken most yeah book I mean movie yeah he seemed fine it's like I feel like a lot of that got glossed over. Um, like I said, maybe just like time constraints. But, it's um, just wild to me because in the movie, like she's supposed to be a 17 year old girl, right? Right. I just, Jennifer Lawrence does not look like a 17 year old girl in no. the movie. No. And um, I don't know, it just, it takes away the effect of like her having survived two Hunger Games, like watching all her friends die, watching her family die seeing her home getting blown up um just having like the intense guilt of starting the entire rebellion and like having it feel like it's all her fault that all these people are dying 
I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me. We lose that emotional weight. And I think it misconstrues her character a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I think if you don't, if you don't understand, like, how, what happened in the first two books has affected her, you're not going to understand her character at all in this book. Um, But I will agree. I do wish it was shown a little bit more in the movies. But if you haven't read the book and you only watch the movie, now you have the wonderful opportunity to read the book and get all the steps. Yeah. Because it's there. For sure. Also, we also didn't spoil a lot, a lot. We okay. didn't. We were good. We talked about a lot of big picture things. So um, we saved some some of the deaths. <laughs> God, that's how you know it. There's too many. Um, summer too, Very still emotional. too, too soon to talk about. Um, oh my God, that one quote that you talked about. <laughs> what quote did I talk about? Um, shoot. That also showed like maturity oh. levels. Okay, it's a very tiny quote, um, but it's towards the end when things start to unravel. Um, oh, I found it. There you go. Um, okay, so it says, a hovercraft marked with the capital seal materializes directly over the barricaded children. Scores of silver parachutes rain down on them, even in the chaos. The children know that no witch... Oh my goodness. Know what silver parachutes contain food, medicine, gifts. They eagerly scoop them up, frozen fingers struggling with the strings. The hovercraft vanishes, five seconds pass, and then about 20 parachutes simultaneously blow up. A wall, a wall rises from the crowd. The snow's red and littered with undersized body parts. Undersized body parts. That's the bluntness I'm talking about. She's that's, talking about kids. That's arms not and legs. That's not a PG thirteen movie. And I think things like that, like when you don't, like you you lose you lose something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I like when I reread this book, I listened to it on audiobook. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think I was driving at that point, and I heard that, and I was like, I had like paused the audiobook. Because I had just understood what that meant on this read. And this is like my third read of this book. Jaw was hanging open. I was like, um, yeah. So the horror. I, the horror I, of war and genocide and all the bad things. I do agree. I, I think it would be interesting to like, like, obviously that's not watered down. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to have this story be portrayed in like film or TV for what it actually is. Yeah. That was the last of my notes. Oh no. I guess we have completed our first series. That's so sad. Ugh. I am kind of sad to be done with these books. But I'm really sad. I know I'm going to like rewatch the movie in like a month. So. Oh, yeah. How sad can I really be? It's that. It's Twilight. It's Mm. Star Wars. Once fall time comes, it's the Harry Potters for me. The Harry Potters. Yep. They're just on a cycle continuously. Um, But yeah. 
thank you guys for listening <laughs> very so somber ending i know i feel like it's like this book is so tough to talk about because it's so tough to read it's truly like the most emotionally heavy book i've read in a yeah. while yeah um but i mean it's obviously it's incredible and still shocked that i read this at like 13 14 it is yeah that's shocking but also i'm very glad i did read it because this book is like a master class in storytelling yeah and like showing evolution through writing and she's just like she's just so good and i think she really knows how to target her audience because i was sucked in when i first read it just in time for banned books month i think the hunger games is on the banned book list oh i'm sure it is i can see it (laughs) i'm sure it is every good book ever is on the banned books list exactly I'm scrolling through the banned books list, adding things to my TBR. Exactly. That's what I'm doing. So thank you, banned books list. You are. You are trash to me. Anyway. Anyway. Let's not get into that. And let's end the episode here. Because <laughs> I have many thoughts about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys like this episode. Make sure to leave a rating and review and follow all us that on our good socials. Stuff. We have Insta, TikTok, and Twitter, all at AdlibPod. I promise to update it more frequently. I know. We're so vowing right here, that. right now. I just made a TikTok. Busy gals. So go like it. Oh, yeah. Go to the TikTok. Um, I spent literally 5 million hours on it. So it's incredible. Go watch the TikTok. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. I wonder what we're gonna do. You'll have to listen and find out. Bye. Bye. Next week on AdLib. We are going to be talking about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. I'm excited about this one. I'm apprehensive about this. <laughs> apprehensive is a good word. Yeah. Um, I remember not being a huge, huge fan of the book first mm-hmm. time I read it, but I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind this time around. I, I love the book. I know you love it. I think the book is brilliant. <laughs> um and I I've heard really good things about the show, but I think it'll be interesting going into it having read the book because mm-hmm. I believe only season 1 of the show covers the novel. Yeah. So we're going to be watching season 1. Um, I know because- the show is definitely on my watch list for like yes, ever. So I'm excited I finally get to watch it. And I am excited because if I like season one, I think there's like five seasons out mm-hmm. that like go even further than the novel does. So new show. Exciting stuff. Um, so yeah. if you guys are interested, join us next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>